0: What's up, dancers and dance lovers?
1: This is Inside Dance with Taylor and Alex.
0: I'm Taylor Bradley.
1: And I'm Alex Yankovich.
0: We host an open conversation about the dance entertainment industry, striving to educate and inspire.
1: Brought to you by Inside Dance Magazine. Find us on social media at Inside Dance Podcast.
0: Or write to us at insidedancepodcast at gmail.com. Let's Let's take it it from the the top. top.
1: What's up, what's up, what's up? This is what happens when I start off <laughs> start off the pod. <laughs> okay, it's just me laughing alone. How are you, Taylor?
0: <laughs> I'm so good. If you don't start every episode with a triple what's up, then I don't know. I know. Um, no, I'm so good. I'm what am I doing? Uh Getting my life together. It's uh, it's Monday for me, for, for us. And I'm I've, I've fully dedicated this year. I'm like, that's the get everything done day. We're going to get up. We're going to like... Two or three hours, emails, scheduling. Like I'm such a ADD person, unofficially undiagnosed. No offense to the official ADD folks out there. But I even when I clean the house, I'm like, oh, let me start doing my dishes. Oh, you know what? There's something on the floor. Oh, is that an empty sock? An empty I'm, sock? Is I'm that a similar. lonely sock? Yeah. So then I get like 20% through all of my daily tasks instead of fully accomplishing ones. So Wait. that's today. And I feel so prepared for the week.
1: You said empty sock. And all I could think about was in the parent trap when uh, Lindsay Lohan puts the coins in her sock and she goes and plays poker.
0: Oh my her- gosh.
1: I literally used to do that as a kid. I used to put coins in socks and like, oh, <laughs> swing it around. Cause I thought that scene in the parent trap was so cool. I just I <laughs> wanted to wear blue nail polish and like carry change in my sock. <laughs>
0: cool. Uh, I no, that. I just think of, I, I, wh- whenever you say parent trap and like bad girl Lindsay, I just think of bad to the bone. And then she gets her clothes stolen. It's that
1: scene. Yeah. Oh, we're at the same wavelength. Hundred percent. Parts of it. Oh my
0: gosh. (laughs) And together we are one. How are you? What's up? What's filming? What's the tea? What's the four one one?
1: Well, I love I love what you said about getting things done. I feel like Mondays are that day for me, for sure, just getting things done.
0: But Can we clarify? Um, does the week start on Sunday or Monday? Because I took yoga yesterday and they were like, it's a start to your week. I'm like, this is the end of my week. And so then I'm getting mad at my yoga instructor in my head.
1: Technically, people say that Sunday is the beginning of the week. But I wholeheartedly disagree with that, and yeah. I can't hard pass. No, because the weekend, even when I was uh, working at Love, and our your weekdays are or your weekends are off in a weird way. I I always we're say,
0: Sunday Monday off, so that's why I'm like Sunday I mean, is the beginning of my weekend. I don't know. It's like yeah, a,
1: it's it kind of throws it around, but I feel like Monday uh, my mindset works better when Monday is the beginning of the week and Sunday is the recharge.
0: Totally. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. We're there. We're here. Um, recharge, refresh two things I want to touch on today because (laughs) I have two very good friends, avid listeners of this podcast, um, Sona Shabazian and Jeremy Wolf. What's up from Tucson, Arizona. They listen to every episode and they are good friends of mine from college. Neither of them are dancers by the way. Um, but they sent me a video the other day or like a picture, of, of. their living room TV, and it was my dance reel from 2000 and like 10. No, that's a lie. It wasn't 10 2000 because it had college stuff, and it was like 2013. And they were like, hee, just watching you because they're those kind of weird friends that do that. And like, if it wasn't for them, obviously, I'm like you guys are silly. I don't care. But then I was like, why is this still in existence? Like, we're talking like. Old like iPhone three footage from class and like things that are so dated.
1: Wait, I don't think I've seen your reel. You said this was two thousand. Maybe I have. You it were was in college, high school.
0: No, it was co- It was like my like careers and dance. Oh. Like I had to make a reel to start auditioning for things, and it has like a oh couple of God. like film credits in the beginning, and then it has like college works from U of A. Luckily, I didn't. Okay. Yeah, it's but. What is the etiquette there? Is there a process? Is there a shelf life for digital content and knowing when, okay, well, I probably shouldn't use this footage from class at the old edge PAC from 2004 in my new reel. And how do we know when to cut that off? Cause you know, our egos are like, but I'm fierce in that video, but then somebody else sees it and they're like, bro, why is it so grainy? This is like a Motorola razor. (laughs) <laughs> so what are your thoughts on that?
1: So I think the important thing is number one is length. <laughs> because I remember when I was editing my reel and like no shade. I'm pretty sure that like helped me get my job at Circ because I had the reel ready to go. Mm-hmm. And it had a lot of freaking footage in it, but it was almost five minutes long. I <laughs> I cut it was a motion picture. music.
0: Did it have an intermission? Longer.
1: <laughs> I made the you music. You
0: extended the song. I
1: extended the song, the
0: Alex Yonk remix loop so club crazy. version,
1: <laughs> just so I could
0: <laughs> extended dub
1: add in my toe being really pointed in this yeah. one shot. And so I and I'm sure it was, I definitely needed to like let that go. So my reel now is a minute 30 seconds. And so I think, I think under two minutes is the proper length just because people want to see it and go. And then as far as updating it, I think if you're freelance. You should update your reel once a year. <laughs> if you're already booked a show and you're like, good to go, I think you can you can definitely let it slide. But I feel like when you get new footage, it's better to just like immediately put it in there and rework things because you're always going to be doing new stuff that's better than the old as far as footage quality. Mm-hmm. And I think the better the footage quality, the better the whole situation. And uh, the I feel like the only time to do group stuff nowadays is... If you're on stage at like Billboard Music Awards and it doesn't really matter where you are, it's just the fact that you did it. But I think I don't do the thing anymore. Oh, it's cringe. I have put the arrow in. Oh my, Alex is missing. Stop, Alex. Like, I think back then it was okay, but like nowadays our footage is so much better that I'd rather see a close-up partnering of, of people or close-up really great footage than like Grady, the edited iMovie arrow pointed yeah. to my body.
0: Backstory. Like, so, uh, so I remember this and Alex's full feature length, um, feature-length her, film. her, her, her <laughs> first dance reel that I think was submitted to Sundance um, for an independent <laughs> film contest um, she, uh, it would be like a group number. It would be a little arrow that would be like, this is Alex. Instead,
1: say this is River North Dance Chicago performing a word. Yeah, say the credit. where the F you are.
0: Yeah, (laughs) but it's fine. We don't know. We learn. We live. I will say, going back, I have two points here. One is I finally updated my phone. If you've ever taken my class, you know that I'm the worst at taking videos because my video quality sucked. And so I think it's important as a dancer, as a teacher, it's your tool. It's your school supplies to have some good footage whether it's on your iphone 45 or whether it's on your i don't know gopro but having those resources because you're going to need them to splice into your reel to update them um but i think yeah we we as dancers struggle shortening our reels, struggle taking old things out because we're passionate about it and it's like oh i loved how i felt in that time or i've loved but but nobody cares. You said a minute and a half. My, your reel needs to be thirty seconds. I'm sorry. You need yeah. an elevator pitch reel. I don't. I. You know when you're especially now when you're scrolling on Instagram and social media and TikTok, if the first point zero four seconds don't grab my attention, That's I'm so on to the next true. one. And so you better. I I just think that we are deprived of an attention span, and I would hope that maybe it's not as rampant in the casting department of things, but I have to imagine that the trend kind of carries generationally. So, um, yeah, I, but here's my strategy. I have a a 30 second, I have a minute and I have a minute and a half. And so I, I know who am I sending this to of, do I need to include certain, certain things, certain tricks, certain skills, or is it more of a vibe and credits of, Oh, I dance for this person and this person. And right. That's, that's kind of been my formula, but yeah, I definitely, definitely need to go back and here's the thing though, actually, I was going to say definitely need to go back and take down that old reel, but then I think about it in the sense of our work, like you know, our first episode is Cringe City USA, of course, is our most listened to episode. I guess it's different because we're not being hired off of our first episode of our podcast, whereas we are getting right. hired off of the materials that are out there. And it's very easy for somebody. The older videos have more likes and views and follows. So they're going to come to the top of the search. And it's da- important. Yeah,
1: my dance reel has like like two thousand views or something like that on YouTube.
0: Every like, Gen Z and which, YouTube and I, person is just have, like two thousand. <laughs> I
1: know. I don't but I don't have I don't have we're not uh, subscribers. The
0: following we're not like, I don't do
1: I don't do that.
0: We so, don't invest like, into that. But
1: nuts.
0: But I guess what I'm saying is you have to realize that if it is for business and for work, there's no shame in fact, it's necessary to do some some spring cleaning and go out and I'm not saying delete those videos, but make them private because it could be the difference of someone thinking that you look that way now in 2022 that you did from your reel in 2014. And right. so you're doing yourself a disservice by um, uh, muddling your brand and your product and who you are. So um, I guess that's my takeaway. Sorry, Jeremy, Sona, if you're listening, you, you, can, you can view that video for maybe a couple, couple more hours and then she's going on the... On the private, um, but here's my next question. What do we think, what's more important now? Having an updated reel that you can send or having a social media following? Because I know now at auditions, it's like, oh, well, how many people, what's your following? 10K, is it better? This is my question for any agents or people in casting out there. Would you rather see a video that I send you that's curated based off what it is my demo reel, or do you want to see a social media, TikTok, Instagram timeline grid of updated high quality class photos? And that, I don't know what they look at first, but what are your thoughts on that, Al?
2: Up-
1: updated timeline grid. Really? 100. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like when I have a meeting with my agent, like it's a topic of conversation where it's like, oh yeah, your social media is looking great. Um, like love what you posted this. And a lot of times... Uh, two people will just be like, Oh, just send me an Instagram link to whatever your latest video is. Or, um, yeah, like, cause it's so easy to just copy a link and paste that into an email and then you click on it and it's all there. And they, they, uh, I forget who it was. Someone, uh, in casting had just posted a video saying like, uh, they really wanted to be able to click on someone's Instagram and know exactly who you were. And I was have, just about to say have yeah. Enough photos of like, oh, you look you looking natural, you hanging out casually at dinner, you dancing, you in class, you filming your like. People want you to do to be it all. No, <laughs> as it's while, as like while being yourself.
0: It's the, you bring up such a good point. It's not just what I want to send you. It's a peek into my life. And not only is it my skill and my talent, but it's what image do I, my putting out into the world, what image when I'm hanging out with friends, what image, which uh, is frustrating in the sense that I think social media should be a free expression platform where that you are able to post whatever you want, but it does blur the lines when it's also our business and how you get hired. Um, because I know actually now that you say that I've been I've helped out with casting before and the easiest thing to do is just be like, there's our Instagram. I don't have time to go through and find the exact video you go searching. But if there's any red flags in that, if there's anything, I'm not talking back in the day of MySpace where it'd be like, Oh no, we're not going to hire that person because of X, Y, and Z. But um, if it's not clear that you're a good person and I generally would like, if I'm not attracted to your entire profile, including your dance and non-dance videos, then it's, Ah, uh, you it's know, so
1: hard if I'm like having to recommend someone for something, I just had to do this recently. They were like, Hey, do you know someone who fits this type? And I like went through everyone I follow and like, it, it's tough if like, they don't have a, if I can't see who they are, it right. is like on that side of things, it's not like, clear. I yeah. get it because it is such an easy tool. And I think there's a way for us to like healthily take advantage of it in a positive way. But, um. Yeah, it's definitely definitely tough but I see the goodness in it. And yeah, we've both been on that side of it where I'm like, okay, I want to be able to send feel good about sending this profile to somebody else who may hire you and so they can get a really good idea of like what you look like and and how you move and your reputation even. Like, do we have mutual friends? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's, and it's we fall in the sweet spot where we, we were at the peak of, like we were in college when Instagram became a thing and we went right. from let's take pictures of food and my iced coffee to like right. this is now my hiring card. And so I think maybe it's just frustrating for me and somebody that's been a part of the evolution, whereas a new dancer is like, uh, this is what it's always been. Duh. Like reels, TikToks, class videos. So... Interesting, interesting. Something to chew on and gnaw on. And um, I'm gonna get on YouTube and go take that video down. (laughs)
1: Yeah, Yeah. Um,
0: But I'm so excited for our guest today. She is a good friend of both Alex and I, a fellow Wildcat alum from the University of Arizona. She is the founder and CEO, CFO, all the official titles. She built this thing from the ground up, The House. In Agora Hills, um, which is a very popular drop-in dance studio that is doing amazing things as far as leading in the community with uh, mentorship opportunities, connecting dancers uh, to each other and professionals, um, and helping them launch their career, um, taking that big serious step forward. So yeah. stick around. We have I said her name yet? I haven't. Miss Emily Lutz. You don't want to miss it. <laughs>
1: Drum roll, drum roll, please. Wow, that is a word I cannot say.
0: No, we're, we're keeping that in the intro. Yeah, that's perfect.
1: That's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, let's please give a very warm welcome to the founder of the house in Agora Hills, California, Miss Emily Thompson Lutz. Emily, how are you?
2: I'm doing fantastic. Thank you guys for having me on your podcast. Always,
1: of always fun to have a little like U of A reunion. Taylor has his U of A sweatshirt on.
0: I know, not pictured my red giant block A hoodie completely unplanned but um, it's it's so warm it's so warm no um guys we're so excited to have emily on because yes we all are alumni of the university of arizona um and we go back i mean i feel like uh it was just we were all kind of in that same group of people that hung out we were obviously always in the same rehearsals i feel like we are the self-titled jazz dancers of u of a like we we rolled up in that place and we're like leg one drag two um (laughs) and so yeah that's 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 our little community. But um, Emily has done so much um, incredible work. As Alex said, she's the founder of um, the house in Agora Hills, which we're going to dive into that whole process. But before we get there, Alex, let's kick it off.
1: Yes. Sorry. Let's
0: take it from the top. Let's take it
1: from the top. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Is that our new tagline? Um, It might be. Emily, so our listeners can get to know you. Where are you from and how did you get into dance?
2: I am born and raised in North Park, California, a um, small suburb right outside of Los Angeles. Um, I grew up dancing at a small town dance studio called Simi Dance Center. Um, my family owned it. So I basically got thrown into dance just because all of the girls in my family um, were dancers and all of the guys were racing motorcycles and BMX. And I kind of wanted to do what they were doing. I was more of a tomboy. Um, but the very, very first dance class I ever took, I came home and I was like, mom, I can do the split. <laughs> I had no idea. And so after that moment, I knew that, that I just loved dance so much. And then I never looked back from there. So I was six years old when I started and yeah, once again, never looked back. It was just what I wanted when to you do.
0: Kn- when you know, you know,
2: yeah, <laughs> that's
1: amazing too. It actually, um, I my studio that I grew up with competed against um, you guys, so I saw the you drama. At, the drama. So I ah! saw you. At, saw you at a very uh, young age. But always was amazed by you, and it was so cool when um, I found out you were going to U of A. And when I was looking at colleges and stuff like that too, I was like, okay, yes, recognizable, familiar face, which is yeah, always. It's always so much fun. I love our our dance community and how like early it starts.
2: <laughs> yes, absolutely. I know. I feel like I've known you forever. I've always yeah. looked up to you as well oh. and always had a great time competing with you. I feel like we have so many stories and things like that. Just, I remember my mom, <laughs> my mother, <laughs> she'd be like, "Alex like Jankovic is here. And I'm like, great. I'll finally have some competition. <laughs> oh,
0: work. Let's go with oh, that. My God, this is
2: hilarious. <laughs> I love
1: that. That's so, I, but I watched back some of my things. I'm like, Ooh, Alex. A uh,
2: little questionable on <laughs> there. See,
0: I'm laughing because you guys were, I mean, as as women in the dance world, like you guys, I feel like had to be good at a very early age. Homeboy was a late bloomer. I literally was like wrapped up as a giant bill for a schoolhouse rock production. That
1: will like, never get old. Yeah, that
0: it's, old it's you know, you need those moments, but no, you guys are both rock stars. Um, What was it like, at what point, Emily, did you realize that, you had a passion for jazz, lyrical, contemporary, um, or was that just always kind of from the get-go? Were you like, step one splits, step two, jazz, temporary, lyrical? <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, I, I think Doug Caldwell actually had like a yes. really... Um, like a really special place in my heart. I grew up as a Tremaine kid. So growing up in his classes and then working with Mark Niesmer a lot, Mm. um, I I think between Doug Caldwell, Mark Niesmer and Carrie LeGrand, uh, Desiree Robbins, Joe Tremaine, like all of those people, um, I feel like really inspired me. Um, I felt like they noticed me and, and carried on what I had and just like helped, me grow as like a a lyrical dancer and jazz dancer as well um they kind of took me under their wing a little bit and forever that i'm so thankful for that
0: yeah absolutely i feel like we i I talk about this with alex quite a bit that i feel like we are so lucky we fell in like the sweet spot of Mm. dance evolving at the perfect time that it became popular on um tv so you think you can dance you know that whole generation so like it really is both, it it, it was both kind of confusing because it was like, what is this new style? And I don't understand, but it was also so cool because it was like, there's no rules and everything could be kind of blended together and meshed together. But no, Mm -hmm. absolutely. It's, it's, it's also so interesting to see. I know we've had a lot of people that have come up through Tremaine, um, the Irvine sisters, I'm trying to think who else, um, but versus, um, other, just, just all these dancers that come from like different backgrounds of conventions, but it's so cool to see how they flourish and blossom into their own career, but definitely to have those mentors is, is is so incredible. But, um, so we know about our time at U of A. Um, but something I want to talk about with you is that you chose to do a three-year program rather than a four-year program. Can you kind of dive in and explain, um, what your motivation was behind that?
2: I I went into college not even knowing that I could graduate in three years. Um, I thought, when I found out that I could do that, I was like, oh, wow, like, you know, we only have so much time as dancers, Mm -hmm. especially with our bodies and injuries and and things like that. I was like, I really want to get this education, but I also really wanted to get back into um, the commercial dance world because I had already had my agent. I've been with Lisa Coppola for since I was, uh, 15 years old. Oh, wow. And And she's with,
0: with what agency now? Uh, go to go to go to. Okay.
2: Yeah. She's one of the owners of go to. So, um, I was actually originally with MSA. Um, but then when Lisa broke off and started go to, I followed Lisa. So when that happened, um, that actually happened while I was in college. And so when she was like, Hey, I'm starting my new agency. I was like, I'm there. So that was another motivation mm-hmm. for me to graduate earlier was to come back and start working as a professional dancer.
1: That's amazing, and I feel like I never even considered the three year thing. And who else? Sean Viator, who we've had on before, mm-hmm. also did also did three years. So it mm-hmm. is really amazing because it's a very um, what was the word I was looking for? Like condensed time, concentrated, get, quick. concentrated. Yeah. yeah. So you get yeah. all of that amazing training. And yeah, I think it's more and more common that people try to do their degree um, in -hmm. three years. And I think also for a lot of people financially, that makes sense because it's like, oh yeah, I didn't think about that.
2: My parents were like, Thank you. The sooner the better. Let's go. Yeah.
1: And I think, you know, college systems can be so impacted. Like I know um, I have a lot of knowledge of like Cal State schools uh, just because my sister went to Cal State Long Beach and a lot of my friends I grew up with did Cal State stuff. And you cannot get out of college without like five or six years because like you can only take a certain amount of units per per semester. Like sometimes you're limited to 12 when you're normally supposed to take like 18. So it's, but it's obviously less expensive. It's a Cal state school. They're mainly commuter schools. So it is less expensive per semester, but I think graduating in three years is like a really great option. And I think, like you said, like you had your agent since you were 15. So it's like, you were ready to go, you're ready to go Like head straight, (laughs) straight into that. Um, Yeah. So I want to know what your transition like was just because I find it interesting for myself. Cause I felt like I was a disaster at this time, but <laughs> coming out of college into, uh, into your post-college world, what was that transition like?
2: Um, you know what? It was, it was nice. Um, I actually got engaged shortly after uh, I graduated. And so, um, my husband and I have been together for, nine years so oh my gosh yeah having
0: I didn't realize it was that long congratulations
2: I know thank you yeah. um we've been married for seven it's crazy Whoa. um so having that support system right out of college and he was always so like you know willing to help me out with you know going to auditions and me not really working as much because I was trying to pursue my career um I ended up finding uh, a really nice like stable dance home um called Endeavor School of the Arts in Costa Mesa Um, I I worked with that studio loved the kids trained the kids for several years so I was you know I graduated from college got engaged I lived in Long Beach California I was just auditioning all the time and teaching kids it was I couldn't see myself doing anything else I absolutely loved that part of my life and everything. So it was a pretty easy transition, I think, for That's me. That's great. But yeah.
0: That's beautiful. Yeah. Were you able, um, amidst all of the like six life major events that you just listed, yeah. were uh, <laughs> were you able to continue to um, work and audition? I know that you said that uh, you had that support system, but like, what were some of your favorite jobs fresh out of college or any gigs that stand out to you that um, looking back, you're like, oh, that was fun
2: i was a stunt double on a, a tv show on nbc called reverie uh that was really fun i i enjoyed the whole process of that i enjoyed like doubling for somebody else yeah. like, on, like the lead actress. but i was just like there for you know when she couldn't do her pirouettes on point or things like that and i thought that was a really fun experience um uh, then I, the biggest job, like the icing on the cake for me to be like, okay, I can have a kid now and open my studio and this and that, um, was I did tour with Mariah Carey, so that was, yeah, that was awesome, yeah, that's that incredible. was probably, yeah, it was fun. <laughs> that's a
1: yeah, that's a bucket list job for sure. Wait, being yeah, a double must have been so much fun. Um, I'm like so curious about things like that I was just listening to uh, the show The Office I freaking love um, and they have a podcast about how every episode was made and they had stunt doubles like often because they had so much falling and stuff like that so it was never like dance related but they just had an episode with like they had a volleyball tournament and they needed a stunt double to like fall on their face and I literally like they. Post- that's my
0: calling I yeah. <laughs> you need someone to professionally trip downstairs girl I got yeah. you and they're
1: literally the same height same hair color and like they, they'll take a picture with like their stunt double and I'm, like this is uh-huh. so, I love that like yeah that's gotta be so much fun yeah. like a lot of pressure but people are so thankful
2: to have you there to like take that oh weight off to take test. the hit <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> luckily this actress was a dancer so she was actually she did an amazing job and she actually did it on point oh my like gosh. She, she was really good I was just there to like you know execute but she was actually like you were there for the tight
0: cool. shot yeah. the over the box shot.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but she was, it was a lot of fun, especially because she was a dancer and I was able to work with her. But I also was the assistant choreographer on it as well. I helped, um, Gustavo Vargas was the the choreographer for um, the show. Um, but he allowed me to work with this younger dancer too. So I got to experience a little bit more than just doubling. I got to um, kind of coach this younger dancer that was part of the episode as well so the overall the whole experience of like being a double and an assistant choreographer was just so much fun that's amazing Mm -hmm. um okay
1: so moving forward what kind of was what ignited you to open your own studio because that seems like something super intimidating and there's so much that goes into it fostering a community and everything so when did that idea initially come to you or was it something like you always wanted to do
0: wait can i guess can we play a game
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: i'm going to guess okay so so carmen san diego here you said that your parents owned uh See Me dance center or Simi.
2: My cousin did. Your cousin. Okay. Okay.
0: So it was in the family. So it wasn't, you know, you kind of got to see some behind the scenes operations. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I can imagine it sounds like, okay, we got out of college. You had a huge support system. You had a successful career booking gigs, doing things like that. Um, But you had been together, engaged, maybe married at this point. um, And we're looking for something that would be a good business opportunity while also being able to raise a family. Am I somewhere in the ballpark?
2: You are exactly in the ballpark. <laughs> winner, winner. <laughs> um, it, it, it is kind of like a, like a long story, long process kind of thing. But um, if you were to ever ask me when I was a kid, like, what do you want to do with uh, uh, when you grow up? What do you want to do when you grow up? And I would literally say, not even just like, I want to be a dancer. I'd be like, I want to be a studio owner. Wow. And I don't know why. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know why. <laughs> like, um, So I... Then I had this kind of like this feeling like my, my family had went through, my dad had a really bad accident. I was living in like, you know, long beach area. Uh, my dad had a really bad head injury. He was given like three days to live. He ended up pulling through. Oh my goodness. He is, you know, he's on the men. He still has, you know, little things here and there. So I realized when that injury happened, I was like, I need to be closer to my family. I want to be able to help out my mom with my dad because now it took two people to take care of him. And so um, I decided at that point, well, if I'm going to be moving back to where I grew up, I don't want to just start over at a whole new place. Like, I'm just going to start my own. Mm-hmm. And so that's what really like motivated me was like I'm going to be here to help out my family and I'm going to do this on my own. Um so wow, that's, that's beautiful. That's what really really inspired me to to start. It's huge. That's
0: that is huge. And it's always, I always, you know, again, a common thread throughout these podcasts is the what is always fascinating, but what intrigues me more is the why. And so that makes total sense. And clearly, I mean, we're going to get to the good part where it's all successful. And uh, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's the foundation, both literally as an idea and the foundation of yes. your brick and mortar, which is what I want to mm-hmm. ask you next. How was that process? Cause I'm sure you're, I'm sure someone listening out there also shares that that yes. I want to be a dance studio owner. I found my voice. I found my passion, my safe space in a dance studio. How did you go about doing that?
2: Well, it's interesting because I loved careers in dance at, in college when we were there. And one of our assignments was to open up a fake like brick and mortar. I was
1: thinking about this when we were writing the questions. I was like, oh my God, I feel like Careers in Dance is going to come into play here.
0: Backstory, (laughs) Careers in Dance is a course that we would take in college that we would talk about kind of everything that we talk about on this podcast. But one of the things was making a business plan for either a dance studio, a dance company, or some sort of innovative dance idea. So there's that backstory. Continuing.
2: (laughs) So speaking of business plan, I was like, well, the very first thing I need to start doing is create a business plan i um got a business plan for dummies book. i got all of of my notes from careers and dance and i got a binder i literally printed out every document and i just started from the very beginning of the book and finished the book i wrote notes created ideas while i was you know learning deeper and diving into what the business plan should be. I actually still have that binder today. Um, and to see how the business actually evolved from what I originally had started in planning is you know, completely different, but in the best way possible. Totally. Um, and yeah, so I basically, I started with the business plan. And then started looking for the location, which that's was, that's,
1: that's the, the
0: part stressful part. That
1: I have no idea. Like, it's
0: that's I know what point. I want in my head. I'm like near somewhere with coffee, yes. next to a Whole Foods. <laughs> because, like, <laughs> no
1: matter what, like no matter like it's a feeling for sure. Mm-hmm. But nothing is ever exact. Like checks all of the boxes
0: i've watched a lot Definitely. of house hunters and it's yeah, yeah. it i remember when i was
1: like looking for for the, uh, my place in vegas i was like okay well i just have to cut the backyard from the backyard not gonna be <laughs> yeah. of my budget like it's yeah. so you can never find everything you want
2: exactly exactly so i actually got in touch with um a realtor. Um, he's a dance dad and he actually helped uh, me a lot with my business. He's a really successful businessman. Um, and so I, I went to him for any advice. I gave him my business plan. He gave me you know advice for how to open, how to start, how to be successful, basically. So I, I looked for him. I looked to him for a lot of advice. Um, and he directed me to a commercial real estate Um, agent and we were looking all over the place found this place that I absolutely loved um, and then they decided oh we're gonna we're actually not gonna rent it we're gonna sell it and I was like "Hmm." well so we pondered on that idea for a little bit but then decided that the location needed a lot of work and if I were to buy this it would be a lot of money for me just to like renovate it and everything so I was like probably not the best idea because I'd rather put my money elsewhere um then i came across this location um it just so happened to like fall into my lap actually it wasn't even through the com- commercial realist realtor it happened to be a, a customer of my parents they had said something and he's like oh well i have this um i have this space available Property, and- yeah it, it's literally on the same street as my parents' business.
0: Whoa. So oh my it's God. two
2: miles away. So when I said I needed to help with like my mom and my dad and everything, not only am I helping at home, but they actually are like right behind me. <laughs> They're like two doors down from me.
0: Whoa. Yeah. The universe, man, it works in cool it, ways.
2: It is. And I, I was looking for more locations like in the Thousand Oaks Newbury Park area. Um, but I'm glad I didn't because, Alex, you know, like if you're driving from L.A. to here, that extra 15 minutes is just like, it's like, I don't want that.
1: Yeah, and for those those of you thinking about, like, maps and stuff, if you're familiar with L.A., <laughs> so uh, where the house is. It's
0: those when- of you thinking about maps, I'm sorry. <laughs> Anybody else, I, just I'm, me. I'm, I'm thinking about maps today. Continue. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, my God. But um, the house is like almost directly inland of Malibu. So yeah. like if you're like normally people would drive this way if you're going to Malibu and you go like the back way through the canyon. So the house is like mm-hmm. inland of that, which is a really great area. I yeah, wonder. it's, it's really nice. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You can literally like just turn left and just go straight to the beach. You're in Malibu right there. Yeah. So. It's That's... it's a good location. I'm very thankful for this location. I was able to, like, it was completely empty. Like, I lucked out on this. There's, you know, there's little things here and there where um, I'm like, man, I wish the mirrors, like, were on this side or like, you know, little things, but it ended up working out and we ended up uh, just expanding a little bit. So now we have two studios. One is more for just like private, intimate, um, Lessons or studio rentals and and things like that, but then we have our our bigger room where we hold all of our drop in classes, mentorship, all of that fun stuff.
1: <laughs> um, this I do want to say this just like a little shout out slash question. I mean, I guess mm-hmm. this kind of answers it, but
0: <laughs> shout the question, I'm do it, do it. <laughs> guys, I'm
1: telling you guys, the second like COVID closures happened, Emily was like, "Cool, we'll build a studio outside." Like yeah. literally within a week, there was still (laughs) a space for people to dance and take class and move and still keep up with their training, Mm -hmm. especially like for the age group that you do cater to. So that is amazing. Like with COVID, I can't imagine how like being a new business owner, how stressful that must be. But I felt like knowing you and how you handled it, you came up with a, a system for everything. You came up with, um, a solution.
2: Yeah. The live streams, we actually, um, we were open. They shut down. <laughs> they shut down on a Sunday. I remember this. Cause I had a, my husband and I were at a movie premiere, literally. Um, and so many people were like, I just don't feel good. And I was like, Oh yeah, we're fine. You know, it's so, so weird. Um, they shut down on a Sunday and we had our Tuesday mentorship program. We actually held it. We did. And then we our um, uh, in classes were only Wednesday, Thursday, Friday during that, um, time and I just remember like Aaron Zuprensky was teaching I love Aaron yeah and I did and there was somebody else that was teaching as well and my husband's like I was like I can't shut down like I cannot shut down I don't know how we're gonna survive if I shut down my husband's like don't worry about it ask the teachers if they're comfortable coming in and just having us and we'll do live streams literally before even zoom was a thing my husband went to best buy got all of these things set up his red camera and we did live streaming like actual live streaming like it was happening as it was we we were yeah. going amazing we never missed a class never yeah. missed a class. it's an- amazing mm-hmm. and then obviously the outdoor studio was they were like oh well now you can go outside and i was like <laughs> Any contractor dads around?
0: (laughs) No, but that speaks volumes about like your resourcefulness and your resilience. And that's, that is it's so inspiring, both. I mean, as a dancer, as a choreographer, myself, as um, any business owner, really, it's like life moves and you got to move with it. And if you're not going to move with it, if you're not going to shift, if you're not going to adapt, that's where we run into issues. And um, you've clearly overcome so many issues. And I'm just, I'm so happy, um, happy and proud that, that you're able to be thriving and kicking, um, (laughs) kicking pun intended. (laughs) Um, I, I do want to ask a little bit about kind of, um, what your decision was with your structure, with your company, because I feel like, um, I see a trend now in dance studio world where before it was like, (laughs) it was like the houses in Harry Potter. It'd be like, Oh, I go to this studio and that's it. And, and, and then we compete against this studio and
1: 100%.
0: And, and nobody, and we have our studio jacket and this is our hair and this is our choreographer. And then slowly things started to become like, now Every people teach at multiple studios and I choreographed for this and that became more normal. But now what I'm seeing, rather than starting a competition team, is exactly what you're doing, which is a drop-in studio with kind of more of a mentorship, um, serious dancer focus um, that I... I, I just see we had a uh, the, the the Miller family on um, with the space and everything that they were talking about and, and very similar with their decision that they wanted to focus on dancers that seriously want to make strides and this is a career rather than for lack of better word a dance studio that's also a daycare for some kids that just don't really want to do sport you know what I'm saying so, <laughs> Absolutely.
2: so Absolutely. what was your
0: decision um, behind that
2: you know I grew up at the a- diehard competition kid Alex Mm -hmm. and so I I was choreographing at the competition studio Endeavor in Costa Mesa and I I started having this like feeling I just was like I want these kids to want it as much as me and I felt like I was having to pull it and pull it out of them each and every single, not every single season, but towards when, you know, my main group of kids got a little older, I could just tell their headspace was getting a little bit, you know, different. They were hanging out with the boys and, you know, going out and blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, but don't you guys want to do this? Like, this is what we trained so hard for. What like?" And so I was like, you know, I really want to open up a place where, it is more of like a community where we can have, you know, for example, in my technique class last Friday, we had six, I was counting, we had six different people or not people, but six different studios, Mm -hmm. um, six different high schools, like, we had just like a whole group of people from all over our area, that were there for one reason to train. And that motivates me as a teacher that makes me excited because now Mm -hmm. i'm like i'm working with kids that want to be here yes Mm. you know it's kind of like
0: you're providing the resource you know you can you can take the horse to water but you can't make it drink but if the water just chills you're like okay horses come on whatever you know (laughs) (laughs) and really my metaphors are on point today but (laughs) It makes so much sense. And I think that it's... When when you explain it, it I think every dance teacher out there can relate. It's so much easier fun enjoyable inspiring oh creative God. to teach dancers that want to be there to learn rather than trying to pull it out of people um which also is fine there's a time and a place okay. for that and we all grow up when we go through high school and you know you if it, it's okay not to want to be on the olympic team of dance but it's <laughs> as a choreographer and a, a teacher it's tough sometimes to find that that difference and the different skill sets that come with teaching those different groups.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely.
1: That's so crazy. And, and really amazing that you've been able to find that space. Um, I want to dive into what your mentorship program kind of offers and what their, maybe their schedule and their structure is, um, so that the, uh, dancers can still do dance team at their high school. Cause that's a big, oh, that's yeah. a big thing where, where, when I was in, um, high school, my studio ended, there were so many of us on dance team that they had to change the studio schedule to yeah. accommodate because high school dance team doesn't allow, you can't miss anything. Mm-mm. Whereas with your art, more artistic or your training, it's a little bit more flexible. So how did you design yeah. that so that they could have both the best of both worlds?
2: I did a lot of research. Um, I did some research. As far as like this specific day of the mentorship, it's on a Tuesday. Um, I know that some uh, studios around here, they have their like studios in high schools. They'll have like their competition rehearsals on Wednesdays or Mondays. Um, There's some dance teams that um, only rehearse Mondays and Thursdays. I would communicate a little bit with the dancing coaches saying, hey, when are your late nights? Things like that. Or um, a couple dancers, you know, pop in like 15 minutes into mentorship because their dance team coach let them out a little early. So they can make it to mentorship. So I kind of, I mean, I'm a community studio. So I'm I'm constantly reaching out to studio owners and and um, high schools to be like, what are you guys doing? Because I want to work with you mm-hmm. um, and not a- against you. I want to help train this community, make them better dancers. So I did a yes. lot of research first. That's what made me choose Tuesday. Um, they come in uh, between 4.30 and 8.30 and the schedule is constantly rotating. That's why we don't have like specific mentors that mentor the dancers each week. They actually get like a huge variety of, dancers, uh, of teachers, choreographers, educators um, of all sorts. So they do acting and vocal in addition to their uh, vigorous dance training. Uh, what else do they do? We work on uh, resumes, but not only resumes as hard copy resumes this year we're working on virtual resumes. So they all have separate instagrams just to um, you know start their their virtual resume. Um, we do headshots, video shoot,
1: great video shoots and photos (laughs) like so good
0: this is like the starter pack of what you need to be a professional dancer now in 2022 and yeah that's that's amazing it's just it's so cool to see the evolution um of dance but also the evolution of dance business and it's it's really cool that dancers these days have so many options um, whether you want to share that same passion of being a diehard studio and competition and dance team, Mm -hmm. or if you want to be a little bit more kind of pick and choose and I'll take class here and go here. And I think it's wonderful what you're doing. I love what you said about working with the community instead of against it, because that's, that's such a good mindset to have. And then really not only are you, of course, we're all business owners. We need to pay our bills. Like you're looking (laughs) after your business, but you're also like being a, uh, a, a big scale mentor for so many dancers, even if they're not in your mentorship program, you're still offering a safe space for them to come and train. And, and I just think it's, it's so incredible. I'm jealous. I wanted this when I was a kid. <laughs> you know? uh, yeah. Me
1: too. <laughs> So,
0: so yeah. what's next in the next, uh, I don't know, three to five years, what plans do you have for the house?
2: Uh, we've kind of dabbled into this idea of, um starting our in-house convention we we were really really trying to start it in January of 2020 for some reason in January of 2020 we we're going to do this like whole commercial like it was going to be so fun um and then it just fell through um and then but we still had like a people that were interested in and in and t- taking in our like in-studio convention so we didn't promote it as much and then you know covid hit We did it virtually, Um, and then we recently just got back from Slidell, Louisiana working with, um, we were at a studio called the, uh, oh my gosh, I just blanked out what it's called, (laughs) The the Dance Project. Amazing. (laughs) The Dance Project Slidell. (laughs) Um, I love going to that studio. They are just like, mm, they have a special place in my heart. So they ended up having our in-house convention um, in October, It was just the experience of it was so fun. And so I hope that in the future, the next couple of years, we'll be um, traveling to more cities and having, you know, just the whole United States experience our in-house faculty. Yes.
0: Which Alex is proudly a part of, I'd like to say.
2: Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. And wait, there was something I wanted to ask you on air because I feel yeah. like the first time I went there, I asked you this, but I can't remember the answer. Did you have a marketing person or did you do the marketing yourself?
2: Well, um, my husband is a cinematographer, photographer. He's a local 600. Um oh filmer, everything, but he also has a really big background in journalism and he was also a photo editor for a magazine. So he has in the past helped um, other companies start their brand and carry the look of and the feel of their brand. So I will say a lot of our my marketing and a lot of my branding stems from him and I collaborating, me telling him this is how I want it to feel. This is how I want it to look and him saying, okay, here we go. This is what you need to do. Yeah. Cause it's
1: so, so solid. And like, like the way, like you can even just say in a sentence of like, okay, let's meet at the house or like, Um, let's rehearse at the house or something. Like it's such a Mm -hmm. great name, but also like the marketing, um, the social media,
0: the Instagram. The website is beautiful. Like it's It's just, it's so streamlined. And so, (laughs) but that all comes from a place of clear intentions and clear um, Mm -hmm. business plan, vision board, which it's, it's been so interesting to hear, to hear your journey with that. But Um, congratulations. I mean, it's, it's been so cool to watch this from afar. I know Alex has been a part of it, um, since beginning, but you know, us desert rats here in Vegas, it's cool to see from, (laughs) I remember you posted the logo and it was like coming soon. And then to see it blossom into such a success is really, really awesome. So big congrats to you, Emily. And I'm just so happy for you. Um, so thank
2: you so much, Taylor,
0: of course. Well, um, before we wrap this up, um, where can, our listeners, where can they find you? Where can they find the house? What's the best way? Social media, website, messenger pigeon, um, smoke signal.
2: <laughs> what is all that? Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, you can find us um, online uh, at thehouseca.com. Um, and we are also on Instagram at thehouse underscore CA. Um, that's the same for our TikTok as well. And pretty much just, oh, download our app, the House Dance Complex app. You can find, Ooh. I know, it's fancy. You can <laughs> schedule all of our, um, you can book your classes on the app. You can book studio rentals, private lessons, anything you want. You can You can organize it all on our app. So it's, it's super convenient and fun. Yay. Thank you so
1: much, Emily, for joining us. We really, really appreciate you. And I know there's going to be so many listeners who are going to be sitting and listening with their notepad out and we're just so proud of you so thank you so much
2: thank you so much i appreciate you guys having me on thank you it was so much fun
0: of course big love emily stay well